Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to avoiding divorce episode seven I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. We're going to begin in segment one today with talking about a very uncomfortable state for many spouses whose uh, walkaway spouse has left them or is leaving them, and that is the state of limbo. This is the state that you find yourself in between bomb day, when your spouse has indicated that they want a divorce, and um, the period of time that it actually takes them to leave and or file for divorce. Many left-behind spouses struggle with this period, and it's important to, to realize a few things about this period of limbo. First of all, yes, it is a very uncomfortable place to be. It is a very unsettling place to be. It is a place where you're going to face a lot of pain, a lot of uh, questions, a lot of uncertainty. It is a time when you will laser focus on your walkaway spouse's behavior and words, and you will attach significance to every single one of them. It's one of the biggest struggles that um, left-behind spouses have because they're not sure what the future holds. Their spouse has indicated that they want to leave, yet they're still there. Sometimes they're even still sharing the master bedroom. And sometimes they're even you know, in this in-house separation. The spouse doesn't seem to be doing anything to further this separation or divorce. And so this leaves the left-behind spouse questioning and confused about what's going on. Do they really want to leave? Do they really want a divorce? Lots of questions can be asked. One of the first things that I like to point out to left-behind spouses who find themselves in a situation like this is just slow down. Take some time to breathe and to process everything that has happened so far. As human beings, we're impatient creatures, and we want the resolution of our situation to happen right away. But I often tell left-behind spouses that the period of limbo is really the gift of time, and you really need to look at it that way. There are many, many walkaway spouses who say nothing to their spouse until they're ready to move out and leave and file for divorce. In fact, I just heard a story recently of a man who came home from work and his wife had moved out her stuff 
while he was away at work. He had no indication that his wife wanted a divorce, wanted to leave. Obviously, he realized that his marriage was not perfect and it had its problems, but he had no idea that she wanted a divorce until he came home from work and half of the furnishings were moved out and all of her belongings were gone. And so for spouses that are in limbo, I often say it's a grass is always greener proposition. Those spouses whose, whose walkaway spouse has announced they want a divorce and leave immediately will often look back and say, if only she had given me a warning and let me show her my changes or him my changes where the the spouse who is stuck in limbo in a in a home separation situation will often look at their situation and go it'd be so much easier for me to focus on me and and be able to move on if they were out of the house so it really is one of those situations where Whichever one of those two situations you're in, you look back and think that the other situation would be better. So we're going to look at, over the next few minutes, some things to think about when you're in limbo, especially in an in-home separation situation, and the way that you should approach that and think about that. And the first one that we're going to talk about is not looking at your situation as dire. Shortly after Bomb Day, left-behind spouses are in a doom-and-gloom mood. They think their world's coming to an end. They think that uh, nothing will ever be the same again, that they, they'll never feel normal again, that their entire life is just imploding around them. And this really is not true. And you really need to try to grab yourself by the bootstraps and pull yourself up. Because feeling that way will oftentimes cause you to do the wrong things. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that our natural instinct after um, we're told by our spouse that they want a divorce or they want to leave is that we beg, plead, reason, use logic, um, we try to become super spouse doing all the things that we should have been doing all along, that we um, hold on super tight and try not to let go, and we start doing a lot of pursuing and pressuring techniques to try to keep our spouse uh, where we feel more, most comfortable with them. And we talked about how none of this works. And a lot of that is born out of desperation. And that's our natural inclination after Bomb Day, is to be in desperation mode. Some people call it fight or flight. And the left-behind spouse will often fall back on these instinctual behaviors because they don't know any better. And they certainly think that it's the only way that they're going to save things. And this simply isn't true. If you look at the behaviors that have a higher percentage of working, it's certainly not what we feel instinctually is what we should be doing. And this is where we go back to previous podcasts and point out that you know, 
you should be really focusing on yourself at this time, that you should be recapturing that life you had um, before you were married that made you so exciting to your spouse, that you should be instituting as many self-improvements as possible through that time, and that you certainly should be working on differentiating yourself from the position that you've probably found yourself in where you identify more as so-and-so's wife or husband than you do as a differentiated individual as part of a couple. And so those instinctual behaviors will oftentimes set you back. And they're all born out of that desperation. And if you really think about it, desperation is not an attractive quality. If you had exhibited the quality of desperation when you first met your spouse, when you first started dating, you probably would not have uh, been in a relationship with them at all or for very long at all, if, if at all. And so you really need to step back from that and realize that desperation is not an attractive quality. And if you're trying to attract back your spouse, you really need to focus on those three key areas we talked about moments ago. Really fight against the instinct in you and really avoid becoming desperate to try to keep them at all costs. Now, when you're stuck in an in-home separation in limbo, it can feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You feel like you have to be on your best behavior around your spouse, that you can't relax, and that you're always walking on eggshells trying not to do that one last thing that's going to push them out the door. And a lot of people will collapse under the pressure of all of that. And they will push for a physical separation. They'll even often offer to move out of the bedroom or out of the house themselves. This is not something that you should do. I often tell people who have this inclination to flee to really step back from that and realize that that can really harm their situation. And in fact, most, most, divorce, most divorce lawyers will tell you not to leave the home. There's also an important aspect of um, just a, like a, a moral truth that you should be adhering to. The spouse that has voiced their desire to leave to get a separation and or a divorce is really the one that is wanting to walk away. And as such, they should be the one to vacate the master bedroom. They should be the one to vacate the home if that's what they want as a physical separation. And so there's a moral high ground that the left behind spouse can claim by saying, you're the one that wants out, you should be the one to leave the bedroom. You're the one that wants out, you should be the one to leave the house. And in fact, you can even approach it of, this is where I'm sleeping, you're welcome to sleep here or somewhere else. Now the one exception to this rule is if your spouse is in an open physical affair. If they're in a physical affair, then you should be insisting that they at least leave the marital bedroom, if not the home, since they are 
openly breaking their marriage vows. You should not put up with that. But that'll be subject for future podcasts. One of the things that I try to tell left-behind spouses through this period of limbo is to really think about what's your what your core principles are, what's right and wrong to you, and stick to those no matter what. There are so many things that get floated to a left-behind spouse during this period of limbo. Everything from you should go have your own affair to agreeing to an open marriage, and just about anything that you can think of oftentimes will get proposed by the walkaway spouse during this period of limbo that will be a temptation to the left-behind spouse to just grab a hold of that and hold on tight in the, in the effort of trying to keep their spouse in the marriage for as long as they can. And I can tell you that giving up your core values, your core principles, will not get you where you want to be. Many left-behind spouses have found themselves unwillingly in open marriages, which personally I think are completely wrong and go against the whole core purpose of marriage, and find themselves miserable in that state because they agreed to it in an effort to keep the marriage going and keep it alive. And giving up your core principles, your core values, and doing that which you feel is wrong in the effort of trying to save your marriage is not going to get you where you want to be. So I highly encourage you, if your spouse has voiced the desire to leave you to separate and or divorce, not to give up on your core values and principles just to keep them in the marriage as long as you can because it will end up putting you in a situation that you don't want to be in. The other thing that you need to remember through this period of limbo is that you really can't do anything to entice and make them want to come back. So many left-behind spouses that find themselves in limbo go looking for a magic bullet. The thing that they can say, the thing that they can do to get their spouse to agree to come back to the marriage and commit to it. And there's really no magic bullet. There's nothing you can say or do. If you think about it, if there was, this podcast would last five minutes for one episode where I would simply tell you what to say or what to do to get your walkaway spouse to come back to the marriage. Unfortunately, it is not that simple. And so what I encourage you to do is to look for behaviors that increase your attractiveness to your spouse. And desperation and holding on tight and pressuring and pursuing are not those behaviors. So what are some behaviors that can attract your spouse back? Well, I gave you that formula in previous podcasts and restated it here. And that is to focus on yourself, recapturing the person you were when you met your spouse, self-improving in all those ways that maybe you've let yourself go, not been the best spouse that you could be, and of course also um, to look at who you are, what you want to be, 
and focusing on that, differentiating yourself as an individual that can then become a healthy half of a couple once again. So those are the things that you should be really focusing on during this period of limbo. And it's only when you start putting your focus on your spouse and that you start to question whether or not you want to remain in this period of limbo or not. One of the other suggestions that I give to left-behind spouses is if you're feeling like you're floundering and you're really just stuck in a rut when it comes to limbo, then set a date for when you will take decisive action to end that limbo. Some of the best advice I got early on in my situation was to set a date of one year past bomb day to really decide what I was going to do and that was to take decisive action and go and file for divorce myself. And so I encourage you, if you find yourself in this state of limbo, that if it's becoming too much and you can't see an end game in sight, to pick a date in the future that you will give your spouse to recommit to the marriage. And if they haven't done that by that date, that you will go and speak to a lawyer about filing for divorce yourself. The other thing that I encourage you to do is many, many lawyers have a free cons consultation. So find a good divorce attorney in your area and go talk to them about what the process is. A lot of left-behind spouses are afraid of the divorce process, and I found it very empowering in my own situation to go talk to a divorce attorney to find out what the process uh, was all about. Especially in your situation, maybe you have kids together, maybe you don't, and so you have questions about what that process will look like. What I can tell you is through this period of limbo, Information is your friend. Things like this podcast, books that you can read, and um, you know, just empowering yourself with as much information that you can have at your disposal to get you through this period of limbo. And so I highly, highly suggest to you to seek out sources of information that can help you through this period of limbo. So that, it, so that you can empower yourself with as much information as you can. One of your self-improvements should be to learn as much as you can about the process that you're going through so that you can be ready for whatever comes your way in the future. So that's my few-minute spiel on limbo in the state of limbo. And yes, it's a terrible place to be, but unfortunately in many situations, it's a state that you have to go through to get to the next step in your situation. If you have any direct questions about limbo and how you should handle it, feel free to email us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com and we will be glad to uh, respond back to you and maybe even make it a... a uh, subject of a future podcast episode. We're going to take a quick break right now and then we'll come back with segment two 
of, of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. Thank you. Welcome back, and thank you once again for listening to this episode of Avoiding Divorce. In the second segment of this episode, we're going to be looking at a couple of questions that are frequently asked and spending a couple of minutes on each one of those. And the first one we're going to look at is a question that, that often comes up um, as people are going through limbo, and that is, how do I successfully act as if I am not affected by what my walkaway spouse is doing when I love them so much. And this is something that a lot of left-behind spouses struggle with. Their walkaway spouse is doing things and saying things that they never heard or expected to hear from their spouse. And they struggle with this idea of taking the focus off of their spouse, putting the focus on them, on themselves and having that attitude of I'm just going to let you go off and do what you need to do and figure things out for yourself. Oftentimes left behind spouses will say they struggle with this because they love their spouse so much and care about them so much that just letting them go is too difficult. As I've said before in this podcast, when your walkaway spouse drops the bomb on you that they want a divorce or that they want to move out or that they're involved with somebody else, the temptation is going to be to hold on as tightly as you can, to really put the focus on them and try to prove to them how much you love them, how much you care about them, and in doing so you try to become super husband or super wife around the house and in your everyday life. As I've stated before, the problem with this is that your walkaway spouse has just expressed the desire to have less of you in their life, and your reaction to that is to give them more of you. So how do you pro properly um, focus on yourself, take the focus off of them, and become happy by yourself through this period of limbo and, and through this this period where your, your spouse is saying they want out and they want a divorce. Well, first of all, you have to understand that if you truly love them the way that you say you do, then you're going to let them go off and be who they want to be and let them do what they want to do. And yes, this is a major struggle as a left-behind spouse to say, I love you so much that I want you to be happy no matter what, even if that means not having me in your life as your spouse anymore. It's a very difficult thing. But one of the things that I try to point out to left-behind spouses that are struggling with this is, do you really want to force your spouse to stay with you against their will? If you really think about that, you realize that that is a very unloving thing to do to somebody. Hey, I know you want to leave, but I don't want to let you leave. 
And when your attitude um, becomes that, or when your actions become that, what that really does is it shows your walkaway spouse that they're making the right decision. That the complaints that they may have voiced against you are all true. That you're going to look at this from a selfish standpoint and say, I don't care if you're unhappy, I want you to stay for me. So if you really think about it, loving your spouse as much as you say you love your spouse means that you'll let them go explore this new desire in their life, even if it's not what you would have chosen for yourself and for them. And it's also important to remember that you really need to love yourself as much as you love them. And this is a problem that a lot of us had as left behind spouses is we had no longer loved and cared about ourselves as much as we might have said that we did. We struggle with this because we've allowed our life to become so intertwined with theirs, allowed our happiness to be in their hands so much that we can't seem to fathom the idea of being able to move forward without this person in our life. This is not a healthy way for an individual to be. As I've stated on this podcast before, being a well-differentiated individual is really the only way to be one half of a married couple. Once we become so attached to our spouse in an imperfect world where they can be taken out of our life in so many different ways, we've really set ourselves up for an unhappy life moving forward unless we realize that our happiness is in our own hands. And so even though we love our spouse so much and we care about them so much, when we really look at our behavior after the divorce bomb has been dropped on us, we really have to ask ourselves, are we doing this out of selfish love or out of unselfish love? And do I love myself enough not to be treated by this, treated this way by this person who stood up before God and witnesses and declared their undying love and commitment to me some time back. And so we really need to really step back from this attitude as I love them too much to be able to do the things that I, that I really need to be able to do to move forward after this and really set myself up for success in, the, in my future life, no matter what they decide. Because true love would say to them, go and do what you need to be happy. I'm going to go focus on what I need to do to be happy. Another frequently asked question that I get a lot is, what can I do to wake my walkaway spouse up or to show them that the choice that they are making is the wrong choice. A lot of times left behind spouses will focus on the wrong things because we think that if we can 
find the underlying problem that's causing them to want to get a divorce or to have an affair or to walk away and get separated. If we can find that underlying problem, then we can fix it. And what this causes us to do is it causes us to start to um, do some of these things that this podcast has advocated in the past, like figuring out how to be happy by yourself and recapturing that life you had before you were married and really uh, figuring out who you are in, in differentiating yourself um, from your marriage. Um, you know, all those things that we advocate doing, sometimes the left-behind spouse is tempted to do that in an effort to wake their spouse up. And so what you see is left-behind spouses that do that are constantly keeping one eye over their shoulder on their walkaway spouse, wondering if every one of these actions has any impact on their spouse. This is kind of a delusion that left-behind spouses have, where they think they're doing all the right things. They think they're going out and uh, reclaiming that life they once had. They think that they're out trying to find happiness by themselves. And they think that they're instituting all these self-improvements on themselves for themselves, but really they're doing it again to try to get their walkaway spouse back. One of the things I like to point out the left behind spouses is that these spouses that have indicated that they want out of their marriage have an uncanny intuition when it comes to the actions of their left behind spouses. One of the things that I've said before on this podcast is never point out the changes that you're making to yourself, to your walkaway spouse. Because that essentially undoes all of those self-improvements in their mind. They see it as a manipulation attempt in order to get them back and that you haven't really changed. Well, this intuition that walkaway spouses exhibit can also cause them to look at your self-improvements and say, they're only doing that to manipulate me back to the marriage your walkaway spouse is going to be extremely distrustful of these self-improvements that you're making. And that's why it's so important to make sure that you are committed to those self-improvements and that you aren't just doing them to manipulate them back. I've seen left-behind spouses that will go out and try to recapture that life they once had but then they're trying to make sure that their spouse is seeing that, whether it's through posts on social media or through mutual friends or through other avenues. I've also seen left-behind spouses that institute self-improvements, again, trying to make sure that their walkaway spouse notices that. And then I've also seen left-behind spouses that will try to 
find that happiness for themselves or what other people will call self-differentiation or detachment as another method of manipulating their spouse back to the marriage. So if you're a left-behind spouse that are doing these activities and constantly keeping one eye on your left-behind spouse, especially in an in-home separation through this period of limbo, you really need to stop. Your walkaway spouse will sniff out any manipulation attempt to just manipulate them back to the marriage, and they'll see it for what it is. If you don't think that your walkaway spouse can't see your actions and see that you're doing them just for their benefit, then you've missed the point of, of what we're trying to teach you in this podcast. When a left-behind spouse gets really good at these three activities and really good about doing them by focusing on themselves and doing them for themselves, the walkaway spouse will detect that and take notice. It's not something you have to point out. It's not something that you have to um, post on social media. It's not something that you have to constantly be doing in a way to make sure that they take note of it. When you just start doing it as a natural fabric of your life, people will take notice of it. Even people who aren't your walkaway spouse will notice that you've changed. In my own situation, after weeks and months of showing, or not showing, but just living this side of, of me, where I was back out capturing who I was before my marriage, instituting self-improvements, and becoming a well-differentiated individual as part of my marriage, not only did my walkaway spouse take notice of it, but friends started to take notice of it, of it too. And started to say things about what a difference they saw in my life. And so when you get really good at doing this for yourself, people will, will notice that you've really, truly changed and that it's not just something you're doing to try to save your marriage. So focus on you. Take the focus completely off of your walkaway spouse and institute these changes for you and for yourself solely. I'd like to, in the waning moments of this segment of this episode, make one last uh, frequently asked question. And this is a problem that walkaway spouses with struggle all the time, and that's what to do with social media. My advice to you is to delete your social media accounts. During this period of limbo, having social media is such a distraction to the left behind spouse. You're going to be tempted to put things on there for the benefit of your walkaway spouse. You're going to be tempted to put things on there to hint at what you and your walkaway spouse are currently going through. And then you're also going to be tempted to snoop on your walkaway spouse through their social media accounts. 
So my advice to you is to just get off of social media completely, at least through this period of limbo that you're going through. Now, I'm not a big fan of social media to begin with. I see it as a necessary evil in today's society where in certain cases you have to have a social media account when, when you really don't want one. And then there's the problem with getting addicted to social media that I see so many people struggle with. So my, I advocate for permanently getting off of social media. But even if you don't do that, at least get off of it through this period of limbo so that it doesn't trip you up in the ways that I just mentioned. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of, of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. Um, I do want to apologize to my listeners that the episodes have been coming so infrequently. Um, during this period of the pandemic, there are things that are outside of my control that have been causing that. I do hope to get back to doing a regular cadence uh, in this podcast uh, once again. Um, and so please bear with me as we go through this pandemic together and as this podcast struggles to get back on the right track. If you can't wait for the next episode, if you have a burning question that you need help with, feel free to email us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. We'd be happy to help you out. We'd also be happy to potentially take whatever you're struggling with and make it the focus of an upcoming podcast episode. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, do whatever you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.